the Holy Gospel for this, the second Sunday in the season of Advent, is from Luke, chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. In the 15th year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was the ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip, ruler of the region of Iturea and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, ruler of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill should be made low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough ways made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Be Please be seated. Grace to all of you, and peace from God our Creator, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Holy, most holy and gracious God, we thank you for the privilege we have of being together this day. We have come from many and various places. But now we are all together here in this moment in time to open our hearts to your word proclaimed and to reach out our hands to receive your very presence in the bread and the wine of communion. We pray, Almighty God, that your words today might bring comfort and that they might bring challenge. Speak to us, O Lord, that we might grow and become new people in your very image. In your gracious name we pray. Amen. There are many voices in our lives which have shaped us and made us be the people we are today. Parents are the primary voice. They have taught us many things. We carry to the grave habits and priorities and concerns that our parents have given to us. Friends have been a primary voice in our lives. Your friends have helped shape who you are today. Birds of a feather flock together, you know, you're together. You grow and become like your friends. There are other voices out there that come to you and shape you. Think about your educators, your teachers, your coaches, and maybe the people you read, the authors that you are um, following. They shape who you are. Not only shape who you are, they shape our culture. Our news media, Every outlet has a little different angle on the news, and they shape our thoughts and our attitudes in our society. So too do our politicians. They speak to us, and they help shape not only ourselves, but our society. Those are fairly common examples of voices that shape us. There are, however, I'd like to suggest to you today, other voices out there, out there that are on the fringe, on the edge of our world that sometimes aren't considered or they are rejected. I call them wilderness voices. John the Baptist was one such voice. He spoke to his society and to the people of his day and he was rejected. They did not want to hear what he had to say to their society and to them. Wilderness voices. I always find it interesting that in the season of Advent, when we have, I don't know, 
the most beautiful music. Amen to that? Can I get an amen from Lutherans? Yeah, the most beautiful, peaceful, wonderful music. We have John the Baptist saying, prepare the way of the Lord. He's like a splash or a slap in the face. He is challenging to us. He is upsetting to his culture. (coughs) And if we read him correctly, he can be a little upsetting to us as well. That, balanced with the beauty and the wonder of the music of Advent, comfort and challenge mixed together right in this very worship service. So today I invite us to think about the challenges of wilderness voices, including John the Baptist. As I thought about various wilderness voices that have affected me over time, and I think also affected culture and society, I have three names to share with you. Um, And maybe you'll agree that these are wilderness voices. One is the name of Francis of Assisi. Anybody heard of him before? Kids, have you ever heard of Francis of Assisi before? No? Okay, well, now you're going to learn something. So Francis lived in the 12th century. His uh, parents were very wealthy. He was very wealthy. He had the finest clothes, the best education. But he looked at his society, and he could see that his Italian society at the time was becoming decadent, immoral, wasteful. The Roman church at the time was self-serving, not obedient to God. And his voice came to society and basically said, we need to turn back to a simple faith. We need to take care of the environment. We need to take care of our world. He was rejected. His wilderness voice was not heard in that century. It was a tremendous challenge. And in time, what's interesting with wilderness voices, that down the road, society often begins embracing what they have said earlier on. Francis became a saint. And what's the Pope's name? Yeah. The Pope took his name from someone who was a wilderness voice speaking a message that nobody wanted to hear. Here's another wilderness voice that you have not heard before. He is someone that I read about years ago and he became a real favorite of mine he his name is robert carter the third he lived at the time of thomas jefferson and george washington so he's back in colonial america and just through and after the revolutionary war robert carter jr robert carter the third was the richest planter in virginia he owned hundreds of slaves his wilderness voice was to all the other rich planters We need to free all the slaves. It's the right thing to do. And he proceeded to free all of his slaves. All of his wealth, basically. He was such a wilderness voice that none of us have heard of him. He was such a wilderness voice that the legislature in Virginia made it a cost to free a slave. You had to pay money to be able to do it. They were trying to prevent him from doing it. And yet in time... That wilderness voice joined a chorus of voices which said, of course it's wrong. And today, of course, everyone would say that's absolutely wrong. But at the time, it was a tremendous challenge. His was a wilderness voice. Mulala Yousafzai. I bet some of you kids would know that name. She was a teenager in Pakistan who came out and said, girls deserve education as much as boys in our society. Hers was such a wilderness voice 
that people tried to assassinate her. As you know, she survived, and her message is now being embraced worldwide. She won the Nobel Peace Prize. My point in bringing these up is that wilderness voices are out there. And John the Baptist was one such wilderness voice bringing a challenge to his society that went something like this. He's out in the wilderness. He's speaking from the wilderness. And he says to the people of Jerusalem and to his society, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. We hear those words and we hear the hallelujah chorus and we don't really know what it means. This morning I want you to think about those words. Prepare the way of the Lord. What does that mean? It means to prepare the way God would have us be. It means to prepare a society of Justice and equality and kindness and compassion. He was saying this to a society that was not just and not compassionate. Prepare the path of God is what he was saying. John the Baptist was a fringe voice. People did not listen to him. Prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare the way Christ showed us. Francis prepared the way of the Lord by proclaiming a message that we need to live more simply, that we need to take care of the environment. Robert Carter prepared the way of the Lord by saying all people should be free. Mulala Yousafzai prepare the way of the Lord. Girls deserve education as much as boys do. Who and what are the wilderness voices out there today that we keep on the edge and aren't quite willing to hear. This Advent, I invite you to be attentive to those voices that are on the fringe that we would tend to neglect, tend to ignore, tend to dismiss. But more than that, I would like you to think this Advent that in some ways, you yourself are a voice in the wilderness. How many people do you think will be at a worship service this day in Puget Sound. 5% of the population. 95% not. The Christian message is a voice in the wilderness right now. And a progressive Christian voice is really a voice in the wilderness. In some ways you and I call to be a voice in the wilderness, proclaiming a message of peace and kindness and compassion and inclusivity for all people. You may think, well, you know, Pastor Mike, I'm not going to get up front and speak. I'm not going to do that. Let me tell you, there are things that you can do just in your ordinary social environment. Say you're at a holiday party. And the guys are all out back on the porch. They're talking football. You know, that apple cup, you know. Can you believe what happened? And then the Seahawks, you know, you think they're going to make the playoffs? Oh, I don't know, maybe. Back and forth it goes until one of the guys makes a 
racially tinged joke. You know it's wrong. The other guys seem to go with it. What do you do? Are you a voice in that little mini wilderness and say, no, this is not right. We shouldn't talk like this, you guys. Let it go. Are we a John the Baptist in that situation? Or say you're at school or at coffee hour with some friends. <clears throat> we'll, we'll pick school. Say you're at school and you're sitting at the cafeteria with a group of your other friends. And a couple of your friends are not there. They're your very close friends. They're not there. And the group starts talking about those who are your friends but not there. And it goes kind of gossipy. You have a decision to make. What are you going to do? Are you going to take the risk of an eye roll yourself? Or are you going to say, hey, no. That's not right. That's not the way of the Lord. I mean, you wouldn't say that probably. But you'd say, no, it's not right. And it doesn't have to be super angry or direct. It can simply be steering the conversation in a positive way. Oh, she's my best friend and she's so good at this. How do you respond to that? The gossip is shut down. Or say you're at work and your boss has this great idea about increasing the margin. You know what the margin is? Increasing the margin. So you listen to his theory and you know, hey, this is going to be not quite ethical what we're doing here. What do you do? Your job depends on it. Do you say, wait a minute, we need to do what's right, the way of the Lord. Again, you want to say way of the Lord. Um, but you would say, hey, we can't do this. There are many, many ways that you can be John the Baptist today and we collectively can be John the Baptist today. What do we do? What do we say? When we see in the news a three-year-old little boy torn from his mother's arms on our southern border and separated from her for months at a time, how are we the voice of John the Baptist today? How would we be confronting our Jerusalem, our century How are we, collectively, John the Baptist, speaking to our world when a journalist is murdered by one of our staunchest allies in their very embassy? How are we, John the Baptist, when we hear almost daily about how our climate is warming and our children and our great-grandchildren are going to inherit a planet that is not sustainable? What? What's the role of John the Baptist? Or we read the statistic that 1% of the population of the world controls more wealth than the bottom 99%. What do you think John the Baptist would have to say about that? Or in our own city, just six blocks from here, a black man is sitting eating yogurt and he's asked to leave because his skin tone is not quite right for the people who are there with him. What's John the Baptist say about that? What do we say? Advent is a time to be comforted in the midst of our darkness. 
why the music's so beautiful and lovely. We all have our pain. And God's here to comfort you. And we're here to comfort you too. Comfort one another. But it's not all about comfort this season of Advent. That's why they throw John the Baptist in the midst of it. To shake us all up a little bit. I mean, I don't like to preach this either. It's uncomfortable for me to say it. It's uncomfortable for you to hear it. But it's there for a reason. Advent's a time for comfort. It's a time also for challenge. To ask the question, where are the John the Baptist today? What are they saying? How are we marginalizing them? And how can we listen more carefully? And secondly, how can we be the voice of John the Baptist today in little, ordinary ways, day by day, week by week, and in big ways that confront our society itself? Such is the word of God for us today. Amen.